Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Also find us on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button tonight. We did a three-sport stream, a fundraiser for Puerto Rico tonight on the the Hurricanes, the Dolphins, and the Heat. The Heat one is actually going on as we speak, but you can catch it on the channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. Just type in Five Reasons Sports when you go to YouTube. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that out for the latest content without a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We mention this one all the time. This is... Our fantasy sponsor, it's Prize Picks. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. You get your initial deposit matched up to $100. That's right, up to 100 bucks. This was just rated the number one fastest-growing sports property in the country for the last year. Find out why. Again, it's, I'm not saying it's easy money, but they give you some things to make it a little bit easier for you. And plus, again, if you use that code 5, F-I-V-E, you get that initial deposit matched with some extra money to play with. So go to Prize Picks, Google Play Store, the App Store, or prizepicks.com. Use the code F-I-V-E. And now, and by the way, keep playing Waddle and Hill over, okay? I've been telling you that every week. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. He's actually been on a little bit of a work score. You know, other people on the network do actually work. Uh, So Greg is back. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Alex Toledo, I think, is working, too. Uh, Tropical Blanket, he will be joining us here shortly. We're going to play into it tonight, okay? You guys know that we're going to get a lot of content coming up here soon. I do have uh, one announcement. We will be at Media Day on Monday. On Monday, it starts at 9 a.m. with Eric Spolstra and then the players. I can tell you we've already got five players booked for one-on-one interviews, okay? Five players. One guy you will definitely want to hear with hear from two guys who will be core rotation players. One of them could be a starter and two guys who I think will be rotation players and certainly have a chance to be rotation players, young players you haven't heard from here. In addition to other interviews that we're going to be doing uh, in more group settings with the other players on the team and podium interviews. So we're going to have a lot of content. Brady's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Alex is going to be there and Gag Cartagena is going to be there. So we'll have four And then I'll be going to the Bahamas with the team for Tuesday and Wednesday training camp. Rough assignment, I know. And I'll be meeting Timothy Bain there. He's going to be there the whole week. So we're going to be giving you podcasts from Media Day. We're going to be giving you podcasts from the Bahamas. And we're also going to be giving you a lot of extra content for the YouTube channel. But today what we're going to do is we're going to to play into it. Okay, we know why ESPN does this. 
They want to stir conversation. They want to create content for their own shows. And now everybody else does the same thing too. You can do it. On, they do it on CBSSports.com. They'll do it on Bleacher Report. They'll do it on Fox Sports, which is they rank the top 100 NBA players. And typically this ends up pissing Heat fans off. Okay. That's, that's how this works because there's a feeling that these rankings, which are not done by one person, it's a collaboration at ESPN, are biased against the Heat. And one thing that people don't understand is that these are projections. These are not based on where the players are right now. For instance, uh, I think the top three picks in the NBA draft this year are in the top 100. They haven't played a game yet. Okay. But they're all in the top 100. So just understand that when you're doing this. Four players made this list, Greg. Um, and I think that's probably what we expected. Going back to last year, Duncan Robinson was in the top 100, okay? I don't think Tyler Hero was, actually. So you, you can look at how this changes. Four players made this list, and I think they're the four that you would anticipate. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, and Tyler Hero. The, the issue was where they were going to show up. Okay, so let, let's go to the lower end guys first. All right. Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry show up, I believe, was it 60 and 61? Is that correct? Yes. That sounds, 60. yes. 60 and 61. Okay. Here's why I find, let's talk about Lowry first. Okay, at number 60. This is the one I find interesting because I just saw a ranking of the top 20 point guards in the league on CBSSports.com and he wasn't in there. Right. So actually, this projection is a little higher than that projection was. But it's the comment that gets to me, and it's from Nick Ferdell, who I, I respect a lot and was around the heat during the playoffs, okay, has a relationship with Jimmy Butler. Uh, he's not a hot take artist. I'm just going to read you what he wrote because, again, they have everybody kind of create the ranking, and then one person ends up filling it out. He, no, I'm sorry. And now, you know, you always get this with, the, with ESPN where you got the background noise here with the, uh, with the fix. So let me turn that off here real quick. Sorry, we're very professional here. All right. All right, here we go. So basically, last year, Lowry was number 43. All right. So this is a step down for him to be at number 60. I'm going to read you here what Fredell wrote once I get down to it. He wrote, okay, one huge question for 22-23. Will he be in better shape? I think that's fair. Heat president Pat Riley made reference to Lowry's conditioning after the season. It remains to be seen if the 36-year-old will be able to play at the same level he played in Toronto with two years and over $60 million remaining on Lowry's contract. The Heat don't have much other choice other than to hope Lowry can turn it around after a, and this is the key word here, this is one person's opinion, not the group, lackluster first season in Miami. Is that fair? Hell no, it's not fair. And they have completely overcorrected on Kyle Lowry to not have him in the top 20 point guards to have, if we're projecting forward and we're going to get to Tyler hero in a minute, I don't understand how hero could be next to Kyle Lowry, but I think what we're going to see is a situation where because of the way the season ended with Kyle Lowry, the fact that his stats didn't pop off the stat sheet, people forgot how he carried the team in the middle of the season when no one wants to watch that you're going to see the media has him, ranked and the nat and you know just the perception is is that he's kind of he's out of the loop kind of falling behind i expect a bounce back season i think he'll be more in the low i mean this is very arbitrary but i think he'll be 10 spots higher or so in league perception by the end of this season and um to call his first year lackluster when they got a one seed no one expected them to do that uh largely you know relying upon 
um, him when Jimmy and Bam were out. Like, I just think it's going too far, but it's recency bias, Ethan. Like, I think the same thing with Tyler Hero that we're going to get into next. Like, dude has a six-man-of-the-year type season, and because the playoffs kind of stunk, I don't think he's getting necessarily the boost that maybe a look forward should award him. Alex, let's focus on just Lowry here. We'll get to Hero in a second. Do you have more objection with him being 60th overall, which again, he may not be the 20th point guard on this list. Okay. He was on CBS. He may be, I don't, I don't know how many are ahead of him, but that may be closer to 15, 16. It's a point guard heavy league right now. So it, it probably in that mix. Do you have more objection to where he's ranked or to the word lackluster describing his first season? That's when you frame it like that, I'm not sure. Cause I feel like, all of this is very much just coded in recency bias. And I think that's where the lackluster stuff comes from. Cause you could definitely say that about his playoffs. I mean, you know, like we brought up several times over the summer and since it happened, we know he was hurt, but uh, it was definitely a lackluster playoffs for him. I think, you know, we expected him to be, you know, a, a big contributor step up in big moments. And he had a huge game six in the conference finals, which, you know, I, I feel like we never bring up anymore, but that was an awesome game. It's just tough to really give him love for that when it's, you know, the majority of the rest of his time in the playoffs was so mired by, you know, inconsistent play and Gabe outplaying him, for example. So I understand it, all of that is, is very much coded in recency bias, but, you know, like Leif really just, I, I couldn't agree more. I just thought he was a really good player for them during the regular season. And, you know, like you also said, Ethan, although his numbers don't necessarily stand out, he was very useful for them. And if it wasn't for him, like who knows where they would have fallen in the standings. And look, <laughs> I understand joking about the heat and home court advantage because they ended up losing three straight home games in the Eastern conference finals. Um, so, you know, the whole home court advantage thing, you know, it can be overrated sometimes if you're just not going to win those games. But still, like for them to end up with the first seed, despite all the ins and outs they had, you know, literally guys coming in and out throughout the season. Uh, and, and Lowry was, you know, it, it was a great team effort, but Lowry was the floor general. He was the one making everything happen. And he was just very good at that time. And I think Spo kind of alluded to it, which I didn't, you know, I, if you're a Heat fan, I, I wouldn't love hearing kind of the stuff that he was saying uh, post season about Lowry, as far as like, Oh, if only the playoffs sort of started six weeks earlier or whatever he said, like, I thought that was kind of a cop out, but I understand. I think he was, it was still trying to, you know, show some love to Lowry in the sense of like, Oh, it, it was just bad timing, but it's also true. Like in the, in the middle of the season, he was an awesome player for most of the season. He was a very good player kind of playing his role to a T. Maybe you wanted him to shoot a little more. And I think that's what we were expecting in the playoffs. The injury struck at a terrible time, and then that's just what happened. We got, like, one awesome game out of him. The rest was very up and down. And so that's just where this all stands now. I think we're all kind of expecting somewhat of a bounce-back year, so we'll see. But uh, I'm definitely not surprised by this. And also them putting him next to Tyler is very much them just grouping guys together because they're too lazy to actually put it in <laughs> thought to this, by the way. All right, well, hold off on Tyler here. Uh, but here's here's what I find interesting, because, again, it, it speaks to the difficulty of putting these lists together and also kind of what exactly the criteria is. He's at 60. Tyrese Halliburton's at 59. Now, there's no question in my mind that Tyrese Halliburton is going to be uh, a top 10 point guard in the league, okay? And I, I, I'd Sacramento punted on him way too early, particularly when you look at his contract, okay? Indiana's going to be bad, but Halliburton's going to be good. 
But, I mean, again, it depends what you're looking for this year. Like, if, if you're the Miami Heat this year and you're trying to win a championship, Kyle Lowry healthy and in shape is more what you want than Tyrese Halliburton. If you're projecting two, three years down the road, that's a completely different conversation. So, again, it shows you it's like, okay, what are you looking for? You're talking about two polar opposite point guards there, right? Like one who is on just the opening – you know, opening uh, credits of his career and a clear uptrend and the other who is trying to kind of, you know, keep the light from dying. Okay. Essentially. And again, it depends what you want. So, I mean, we can look at the fifties guys in the fifties and say who he should have been ahead of or not ahead of. I mean, Robert Williams, the third is a really interesting player at 58. He's also had a bunch of knee surgeries. I don't know what that's going to look like. Vucevic looked like a declining player to me last year. Tobias Harris kind of depends what time of year. Jordan Poole, this is an interesting conversation because this is going to pivot into where we're going on Tyler. So hold that thought for a second. De'Aaron Fox, who I think we all like. Okay. And he was 34 last year, where they it's gotten 22 spots or 22 spots lower. Jaron Jackson, Jr. Jared Allen, Deandre Ayton. Okay. Former number one, one overall pick. I mean, a lot of those are young players um, who, you know, are, are not entering their prime or, or, or in their prime or, or not even in their prime yet, or not even close as opposed to Kyle, Kyle, who's a different situation. So it kind of felt like they didn't really know where to put Kyle, I think. You know, I mean, there's not a whole lot of Hall of Famers below him on the list at this stage, but also the playoffs were abominable, okay? <laughs> hurt or not hurt, and so I think they had trouble with it. The Tyler one to me is more interesting, and then we'll get into the Jimmy and Bam after the break. 61, yeah, I have Jordan Poole higher, Okay. I, I, we've had this debate before. I feel like we're going to keep having it, Greg. But Jordan Poole didn't win six man of the year. Now, his no. team won a championship, but he was also high. He was highly inconsistent in the playoffs. He was better than Tyler, but he was highly inconsistent. That feels like recency bias because the guy won a championship because he played with Steph. Hey, when there's so much footage of them ch- celebrating a championship, people remember that there's an imprint in that 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 is just it's like collective conditioning upon the NBA landscape that guys on the Golden State Warriors are going to get propped up after a championship season. And you know what? I kind of don't mind that because I felt like there were a lot of years where there were Miami Heat players in championship seasons that deserved more credit than they ever got back in the big three era and otherwise. Um, But you're right. Like if we're really projecting forward, that's where this gets weird with Tyler. As you read the names that were ahead of Kyle Lowry, I really didn't have much issue with all of them except Tobias Harris over me. That might have been one, but the rest of them I felt were okay. Hero's a different story. I know everyone's going to make the jokes about the playoffs. They want to see it in the playoffs and what Atlanta did with the blitzing and the deer in the headlights thing. And then the soft tissue injury that Riley alluded to in the presser that kept him off the court, which I think was kind of like saying it was a pain tolerance kind of thing. Um, It's just left a weird taste in people's mouths. And I don't think people are fully sold on Tyler. I also think that there's an aspect from the media when they see that Miami did not flip Tyler, that Tyler was not equitable enough as a player to go and fetch whoever, whatever superstar Miami was linked to. He may take a hit there too, value wise. But again, I I think that this is a weird circumstance where you have both players in a Miami Heat backcourt that stunk it up. And that's the last thing that everyone is remembering from what was it? May? Yeah. May, maybe even early June. Jeez. Um, but yeah. And 
Alex, please don't remind me ever again that the Heat finished that season by losing three home games consecutively in the Eastern Conference Finals because I was trying to forget that. Yeah, well, I mean, I had to actually be there for that. It was just, <laughs> I, I mean, Ethan, a quick question. Have you ever seen that before? Them losing three in a row at home? Um, I don't think so. I mean, it may playoffs. have happened against the Knicks in those playoff series, possibly going way back. Probably not, though. I I I, I don't I don't think so. I, I I do have one question here for you, Alex, about Tyler. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I know it's interesting. No, you're making me go back in time here, and my brain doesn't work that well anymore. Um, but I, I'll I'll here here's my question for you. Do you think Tyler Hero is happy with that ranking or not? Six definitely six. not. Definitely not. Come on. We do, know. Do you, th- do you think Tyler's that? Been- but but do you think that fuels? His I, I don't want to get into the motivation stuff and all that because the guy should be motivated to begin with. But do you that do you think that plays into his desire to be a starter this season? I, I mean, the ranking hadn't come out yet, but this perception of him, because I, I think that's a big oh, part no. of why he wants to start. I, I, I feel like the Barkley comment uh, that, you know, he only doesn't, which was total bullshit, by the way, because he does play against starters all the time. He played. I mean, literally, there were like 60 straight games that Spoke played in the entire fourth quarter. OK, when starters play. OK, uh, but I, I feel like the Barkley comment that he doesn't play against starters and, and I feel like it's there's always a knock. I mean, even Fredell's comment in here, I know that doesn't dictate the ranking, but it's about whether or not he's going to get the extension. And I feel like that also is being used against him now that like, well, R.J. Barrett got the extension. So why hasn't Tyler gotten the extension? So obviously the Heat are not convinced that Tyler is the guy. Because they, you know, because his name keeps coming up in trade rumors for other more accomplished at this stage two guards. I, I feel like all of this plays into like Tyler's desire to just start and get it over with, right? Yeah. I, and look, Tyler's a young dude. I'm sure he sees and hears what people say about him, right? Like you, you had that one tweet um, a couple of weeks ago. I don't even remember how long ago it was at this point where. I think it was after Mitchell was traded where he had that subtle tweet, which was kind of not so subtle. Like I just, I will be shocked. And look, I'm not one to say this. I would be shocked if that wasn't about uh, NBA Twitter, heat Twitter, just people who trash on him in general. Cause I feel like he's always getting trashed on, you know, online. Like he's kind of one of those people who became cool to trash, especially ever since the bubble when he was getting propped up. And, you know, I think people became uncomfortable with him and, and um, some of his like, you know, the way he was being propped up by, I don't know, the organization. And I don't know, you know, there's always, there's always going to be a host of people who are, uh, you know, ready to, you know, bring you down when, when a whole chunk of people are bringing you up, right? Like, it's like, oh, this, he's not that guy. And I think that's kind of just been the whole message um, that he's been hearing over the past two seasons. It's like, oh, he's not that guy, whether it's, you know, talking about trading him for stars or starting him. And when you go back to the um, the six man conversation, I think low key the agent doesn't didn't want Tyler to end up in a situation where he's just kind of labeled and put in a box as career six man, where you get labeled as the next Lou Will or the next Jordan Clarkson, Jamal Crawford, where those are respected good players, but who end up having, you know, their their production fall off in the playoffs and they're not one of the more reliable players. I, I don't think he wanted to be put in that box. I think Tyler um, definitely thinks of himself as a higher tier than that. And look, to be fair, he is way like ahead as far as just what he's done for three seasons compared to what we thought he would be. And look, even though a lot of the career six man stuff, maybe it's getting ahead of, 
yourself if you if you think that of him. I, I think it's kind of fair, but it, again, it's only been three seasons. He's still really, really young, and I think he's more ahead of, you know, just by age. I think Tyler Hero is more ahead than where those guys were at that time. Now, obviously, I didn't watch those guys at that time, but just in the sense of like, it feels like he has already gone through a lot in three seasons as far as all the different roles he's played, the different uh, playoff runs. I think he is really talented, and I think he thinks of himself really, really highly, and I don't blame him. Like, I think, you know, like we've talked about before, he's got a, a deep bag of tricks on offense, and he has proven time and time again that he is ahead of where people think he is. Now, again, Coded in recency bias, he had a bad playoffs. It was a bad playoff. So that just didn't help with the whole thing of not wanting to be labeled a career six man or whatever, because he kind of fell right into that category. Again, this is part of like the growth process. I think he has to respond. I've said this before, but like it's exactly what happened in the playoffs. He, he was not a good defender. We know he tries. He knows where to be, but he, he was not there physically as a defender. And offensively, he wasn't giving you the same production he was throughout the season. So I think it ended really ugly for him and he didn't have the same injuries that Kyle did. So, you know, it's all of this. I know he's hearing it and listening to it. And I, I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder this season and expects to get that big production as a starter. We'll see about that. Like I said before, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment playing more off ball. I don't know how much bigger his point per game, his like, you know, just in general points per game and per game averages uh, go up by. All right, here's how we're going to do this, okay? We're going to do a separate episode on Bam and Jimmy because I want to get to that. But after the break, I've got a question for these guys about the bottom half of the ESPN list. So we're going to get to that next year, okay? And then, again, we'll close the loop on this with another episode on Bam and Jimmy as we kind of ruminate on those numbers. Before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. Well, I don't know if the hurricanes come, you really might have a water leak, but you might have one now. Okay. You got a water leak and can't find where it's coming from. You're dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business. You got to reach out to Michael and his team over at water cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. They got over 60 years of combined experience. Michael, Robert, and the team prepare to handle all types of leak detection issues 24 hours a day. Just wake them up. 365 days a year. Give Michael a call, 954-579-0356. Check out the website, WC, that's WC for water cleanup, UFL.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram. They got over 75-star reviews on Google. I can tell you that if they can't do the job, they will tell you. Got personal experience with that. But most jobs they absolutely can handle, and they're fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. Again, Michael's personal cell, 954-579-0356. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. All right, here's a question for you guys, okay? Because we know that the Heat have four of the top 61 players in the league, all right? Now, you know, there are 30 teams in the league, okay, for now. Um, and so of the top 61, technically, most teams should have two. The Heat have four, okay? So there's some respect that's been given. So let's say that. They don't have anybody. We'll get to this tomorrow, okay? They don't have anybody in the top 15, which is going to be the big debate that we have tomorrow. And can you win a championship with a guy who's not in the top 15, or are they just blind to the fact that the Heat don't have a, that the Heat don't have a guy in the top fifteen? Because I think all of us agree they do have a guy in the top fifteen, and you can argue when it matters they have a guy in the top ten. Okay, but 
there is some respect to you. I mean, to, to have four players there, okay. Let me ask you this, and I'm putting you on the spot, Alex. I want a short answer on this, and I want the first guy that comes to the top of your head. What else is no. Ready? Who would be the fifth? If you were to say that a guy on a projection for this season, because that's what this is, it's a projection. If you were to say on a projection for the top 100, because last year they had Duncan Robinson in the top 100, that didn't play out, right? But let's just say, if you were to say who would be the fifth on this team that would have an opportunity to break through, who would you say? Because I think there are two options here, but I'm curious which one you pick. Well, you said first name that came to mind. You know, we could go into this. Like, this could be a whole other <laughs> podcast topic. You know us. We'll, we'll juice this one. But really, the first name that came to mind uh, was Victor Oladipo. Like, I think you can make a case for Max or um, Gabe breaking out there. But Victor is a guy who I think with some increased production, you know, in that six-man role that we talked about him being in, I think could um, could jump in there next season if he has an, uh, a good uh, comeback season. Well, where you go, Greg? Yeah, he, he Alex kind of stole my answer, but I feel like it's the easy one. So I'm going to pivot and I'm going to say that I, I will declare Max Struess in these rankings this time next year. See, I'm with Alex that I think Vic is the guy who does it this year, who proves he's a top 100 player, okay, this year. Because I think if you go back, I bet you Vic had a top 25 ranking at one point. I, I Probably not the season that was his all-star season, but probably the season after. That, yeah. That's my guess. I think if we looked back, what was the season? It was 18, right, that he had the great yep. year. I think if you look at 18, 19, I, I'm going to go back and look at that, and maybe our listeners can do that too. My guess is he was probably in the top 25 to 30 going into the 18, 19 season before the injuries happened, Okay. But I agree with Greg. I think I think next year Max will be in the top 100. I I, I think that I'm just saying this. I know you guys did an episode on Max that I wasn't on. I think we've slept on Max the whole off season. Uh, I I think I, well, I was thinking about it. Like who have we not done enough on? And I again I know you guys did an episode without me. But if you look at what their record was when he started last year. And that he had to do that on the fly. And the fact that he has the confidence of the Heat's best player, which we've talked about, he obviously struggled at times during the playoffs, but came out of it enough at times. Um, I, I, and he's confident as hell to the point of being cocky. I, and I think he's going to be a starter. Like, I see, see, that's the other thing. I think he's going to be a starter. I, I still think, and we're going to do a rotation episode probably Sunday, and Greg makes the point they need him or someone to shoot well. I agree. I think that that Max is going to start, but I also think Tyler is going to start. I think they're both going to start, and I think I think Jimmy's going to start at the four. Okay, I think that's where this is headed, and um, at least for now. Okay, at least until they. And so I, I, I think we've slept on Max the whole season, the whole off season. I, if there's one guy I think we have not talked about enough, I think it's him, with the exception of that one episode. Um, so we'll see if I'm right or wrong about that. But I, I agree. I agree with the premise that it's it's going to be Vic this year for sure. But I think Max is going to make enough people notice that he's going to establish himself as an NBA starter full time this year and then could be in that mix for the next season. Because I'm looking at some of those names on this list and I think Max is as good or better could be than a lot of them. I just think it's name recognition. Uh, that doesn't get him on there. And the fact that it was too small a sample size. But anyway, we will get into Bam and Jimmy. In the next episode, you guys can probably look at the NBA rank on ESPN.com and you'll figure out where they're at. And uh, and we will go 
from there. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to our sponsors, Water Clean of Florida, Prize Picks, use code 5 FIB. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.